Alright, and welcome to the Rory's Nitro podcast, the show that rips up the buy rates and TV ratings and declares our own winner in some of pro wrestling's biggest head-to-head battles. I'm your host, Lee Carlos Cunningham, back on the solo tip once again. Uh, Not joined by anyone at all today, running things by myself, and we're here to check out the April 1st, 1996 editions of Raw and Nitro. We are post-WrestleMania, we are post-Uncensored, and we are back on the road towards some really good stuff in 1996, um, some of which begins here, some of which begins in the weeks and months to come for us on the timeline. Um, This is uh, a week where Raw actually does make the ratings win here, a very, very narrow victory, that is 2.9 to 2.8 for WCW Nitro. Before we get started, I'm going to apologize in advance. My daughter has actually ripped up my Nitro notes, so they are intact. I've got all of it here, but if you hear me stumbling along, it's probably me trying to read two pieces of paper, sticky tape back together. So yes, this show is professional as always. If you're not used to it by now, you've probably not been listening long enough. Anywho, without any further ado, let's head over to Nitro first and see what Bischoff's band of merry men had to offer. starts off with a match already in the ring as the commentators try to get get us up to speed with an angle that took place off camera and this gives it a really cool fresh feeling of something different anything can happen very very live feeling the match in the ring of course is sting versus the giant which is a pretty big one to be starting off with as well Sting gets a chop block early and then comes off the top rope with another chop block. Eric Bischoff tells us basically this was supposed to be the Giant teaming with Sting to take on Harlem Heat, but Jimmy Hart paid off Harlem Heat and the Giant not to be his partner and now we have this match. Giant blocks a crossbody, basically just standing there and absorbing Sting, hits an elbow. They brawl along the outside for a little bit before we press slam Sting back into the ring over the top rope in pretty impressive spot. We then get a attempted choke slam from the apron, but Sting jumps out of it with a drop kick. Lex Luger comes out and jumps in the ring, and then Jimmy Hart stops the giant getting back in, uh, basically ending this dead in its tracks. And then we go to the normal Nitro opening. We go to the usual Nitro opening, uh, and that was a really different way to start the show. I did like it. I thought it was pretty cool. And then, of course, we go to our usual commentary team and their opening as well, which is Bischoff, Steve Mongo, McMichael, and the brain, Bobby Heenan. Pretty quickly, we transition into our next matchup, which is actually a three-way tag match. The Steiners versus the Nasty Boys versus the Legion of Doom, which is something of a dream match. There's some three sort of really big-name teams from the 90s in here. We get started with Nobbs and Rick Steiner brawling. Steiner hits a power slam before Animal comes in, hits a clothesline and an elbow drop. Um, We get Scott Steiner in and Jerry Sags. Pump handle slam from Steiner and a double clothesline. We get some brawling along the outside. Hawk hits a neckbreaker and a fish drop for a two. Animal with a shoulder before Scott Steiner comes in and hits a beautiful overhead belly-to-belly suplex. Um, We get some six-man brawling along the outside. A big shoulder block on Rick Steiner by Hawk. A back suplex. We get a jawbreaker and a Rick Steiner German suplex before Hawk hits a dropkick on the arena floor, sending us to a commercial break after quite a bit of back-and-forth action with all three teams. 
when we come back, Hawk hits a shoulder and a big boot. He hits a clothesline, and then Rick Steiner comes in. We get a big bulldog. Steiner goes for a top rope, belly to belly, but the LOD knock him off the ropes before we get Brian Knobs coming back in. Um, take some ugly bumps off the ropes too there. They both fall to the outside. Um, with the referee distracted, the LOD are on the outside, and the public enemy come out and nail Brian Nobbs with a chair. And then one of the public enemy, who is actually dressed as Brian Nobbs, grunged actually is, jumps in and just eats a pinfall, <laughs> basically costing the Nasty Boys the match in a really unique finishing angle. The Steiners get the win, and it's just an awesome swerve. So that was really, really cool stuff. The match went a little bit long. I, I cut out some of the word there just so you didn't have to listen to me describe move by move in a match you're not watching for too long. But it was a good match. All three teams got plenty of shine, and the ending really just made it for me. I just thought that was ingenious and something I've not really seen before. From there, we get told that on Saturday night this week, we're going to see the Macho Man versus Scott Norton and Ric Flair versus the Booty Man. So probably not going to be two all-out classics there, but it has got a lot of star power for that week's show. From here, we go to our next contest, which is a tag team match. Arna Anderson and Kevin Sullivan out with Liz and Woman to take on Hulk Hogan and the Booty Man out with the Booty Babe, Kimberly Page. We get a commercial before the match starts, and then when we do come back, it's Arn Anderson and the Booty Man to start, and Heenan starts talking on commentary about how he's retiring tonight, and this is going to be his last show. He sells it really seriously, and the other two don't seem to know what to make of it, and this becomes a bit of a running theme through the rest of the show, so we'll see where this goes by the end of the night, hopefully. Booty Man hits an atomic drop, and then in comes Kevin Sullivan, and he gets one too, and then the Booty Man begins to strut to absolutely zero crowd heat. They do not give a fuck about this man. We get a double dig, a double dig, double big boot from the faces. That's a mouthful. Kevin Sullivan goes up top and gets caught. The booty man hits a nice knee lift, and then Kevin Sullivan breaks the eyes, bringing in Arn Anderson. Hogan comes in and drops Arn Anderson throat first and throat first on the top rope. Uh, he's a double noggin knocker with the face with the heels even a double clothesline, and then brings booty man back in. After this, the heels finally hit an offensive move on the booty man as Woman gets a rake of the eyes while he's distracted and then Kevin Sullivan hits a clothesline. They exchange tags, beating on the booty man for just a little while. Arn Anderson hits a nice slingshot to the bottom rope, but then they have a big head clash, Kevin Sullivan and the booty man, that is, allowing the hot tag and in comes Hogan for boots all round. Sullivan and Hulk Hogan... Both get shoes off their respective manager. Yes, you heard me right. They take the high heels off the ladies. And with the referee looking right at it, decides, shit, I better turn away. This is the ending. And Hogan manages to hit Kevin Sullivan, beating him to the punch, so to speak, with Kimberly's high heel. Booty Man then goes back in for the shoe off camera for some inexplicable... For some unknown reason and gets laid out with a couple of cheap shots from the shoe from the bad guys which we only see on replay because it's not really caught on camera and then this brings out Gene to talk to the faces and ask what they're going to do about it and this is some high level um whacked out promo stuff going on here whenever Richie's on the show he talks to me about how certain promos are brought to us by the power of cocaine and I'm going to submit this as Exhibit number one for that, at least for, as far as this show goes, and allow you all to see what you think. Kimberly, the booty babe. Explosive indeed. Let's go now to mean Gene Oakland. Make some sense out of this. Take it, Gino. Well, you're asking for a, a big, tall order there, Eric Bischoff. I've got to say, Hulk Hogan, booty man, Kimberly, the booty babe. What a shoe tonight here on WCW Monday Nitro, Hulk. Well, you know something, brother? You might as well say it was a shoe-in, man. 
Thank God for the Booty Bay, brother. She's on top of her game at all times, if you know what I mean. As Kevin Sullivan, as Arn Anderson dropped to their knees, they said, please, Mr. Booty, don't beat us up. Please, Mr. Hogus, give us a break. We had them right where we wanted them, brother. But by hook or by crook, every time we come out here, those guys seem to get the last lap, brother. All right. Mr. Holy. You know something? I'm tired of this, what's been going on there, and you're right. They're always getting the last laugh in on us. They're always getting the last word. But I got something I've had on the back burner, and it's going to turn the tables. It's going to give us a little satisfaction, if you know what I mean, brother. You just got to be my partner on next Monday Nitro. Trust me, man. Just just be my partner. Hold on a second, brother. You know, I've been a strap matches, world title matches, steel cage matches, doomsday matches, and you're telling me that you've got something up your sleeve that will let us get the last laugh, brother. That's exactly right, brother. You just got to trust me. I can't give it away out here right now. That'd be too easy. What, you what, what, wait a minute, booty man. What in the world are you talking about? What kind of a man? I can't tell you right now, but I ain't going to show our down card yet. But it's going to put our put the shoe on the other foot. It's going to finally give us the upper hand and give us a little satisfaction. Well, you know something, brother? If you're telling me that you're going to figure something out where we can, let's say, kick their booty, brother, and you, me, and the booty babe Kimberly get the last laugh, we're throwing it out right now because as they were kicking your brains in, not only was Double A laughing, not only was the Taskmaster laughing, but the girls, brother, woman, and Liz was laughing too, brother. So you guys, if you want to get the last laugh, if you think you can, come on down because the booty man's got the plan. What's it all about? We'll kick their cans! I don't know if that's an April Fool's deal we'll or... we on next Monday, me. Well, it'll have to be a week from Monday. Eric Bischoff, let's get back to you. Yeah, there was that. That was certainly interesting. I hope you all got as much of a kick out of it as I did. And this now takes us through to our main event, Ric Flair defending the World's Heavyweight title up against Lex Luger, who is given the job as entrance, unfortunately. Lex overpowers Flair early doors and hits him with a press slam. Flair powders out. It's all Lex early, getting a lot of offense on the Nature Boy, who's selling and running. Uh, Ric Flair eventually goes up top, but gets caught. Clotheslined out of the ring. Um, he does the Ric Flair flop. Um, Flair comes back with some chops. Flair um, powders out for a while, then comes back in and again goes to the chops. Lex fights back with punches and then presses Ric Flair onto the top rope. Hits three clotheslines, goes outside and stalks Liz and Woman, who have uh, accompanied Ric Flair down to ringside. And then Ric Flair hits a knee to Luger, who's getting back onto the apron, and he flies off the apron to the guardrail. Woman rakes his eyes while he's down, and then Flair goes to the chop blocks, working on the knee and the figure four leg lock. It's reversed, and they brawl along the outside. Flair hits a sunset flip for a two count. We're going to backslide from Luger for a two count before Flair takes his patented corner bump and then goes up top again and gets caught, but this time he's hit with a superplex. We get a power slam and then the torture rack, but Liz distracts the referee, allowing Woman to throw a cup of coffee into Lex Luger's face, or should I say, cup of coffee, yeah. And this allows Flair to pick up the one, two, three, who still puts both his feet on the feet, both his feet on the ropes, just to show he is still the dirtiest player in the game. The commentators wrap up, and then Bobby Heenan shakes both the other commentators' hands, wishing them well since he is retiring. And then he tells them April Fool's. So that was where this was going all night. 
We get told that we don't have a Nitro for next week, so I'll have to review something up against Raw. And this is it. We're on the way out, and we know when we come back in two weeks' time, the Booty Man and Hogan are going to be looking for some satisfaction. Yeah, still pretty bad. Anywho, that'll wrap up Nitro. Let's head over to Raw and see if they earned their narrow victory or whether or not the viewers picked the wrong show. The time has come, Pain. Which will be better for me, but not so enjoyable for all of you. tell this show features the much anticipated by me debut of mankind on wwf television who is in the first match but before we get there vince mcmahon and jerry the king lawler open the show voicing over some hype jobs from the previous evening's wrestlemania 12. last night at wrestlemania the record-breaking crowd experience the most spectacular the most provocative the most brutal and the most outrageous event in World Wrestling Federation history. We felt the exhilaration after all the anticipation with the awesome return of the ultimate sensation. And we witnessed the conquest by the phenomenal force over a black-gloved monster. And we shared in the ecstasy and the agony of the fulfillment of a lifelong dream. First match on Raw this week is the debut of Mankind taking on Bob Holly or Thurman Sparky Plyer. Actually, don't remember which one he was referred to on this show, but he's definitely on the downward spiral from his debut. Not that much prior to this. Um, Mankind pounds away some nice corner forearms and his big running knee before pulling out his own hair. Bob Holly fights back with an elbow, a clothesline, and that beautiful drop kick that he's so famous for before missing a crossbody and landing on the floor. Mankind drops Bob Holly face first on the apron to a chant on the outside of Heat's Hardcore. He then puts him in the tree of woe and comes down on an axe handle before locking in the mandible claw and putting Bob Holly out cold, spitting up phlegm everywhere before leaving to his very cool, gentle piano ending music. <laughs> now we go to shilling of the encore of WrestleMania 12. A commercial break, we come back and we're told we're going to see Shawn Michaels before going to another commercial break. And then we get another debut. Isaac Yankum DDS is taking on wild man Mark Miro. Miro starts us off with a drop kick, a sunset plancher, and then a slingshot leg drop for a two count, going for all his high impact offense. Top row back sandal also gets him a two count before DDS comes back with a clothesline and Triple H comes to ringside and sits in the front row next to Sable and begins to obviously hit on her as we get a chin lock locked in in the ring. Miro hits a crucifix for a two count and some guy in the fifth row jumps up and down on the hard camera side like an absolute lunatic and I've no idea why. Miro hits some jabs and then a big right which doesn't quite drop Isaac Yankum so he unloads with a big left which does and then goes up for one of my least favourite moves in wrestling, the jumping off the top rope sunset flip to pick up the one, two, three. Just makes no sense. It 
is basically you being power bombed off the top rope or power bombing yourself off the top rope and somehow being fine and getting a pin out of it. I digress. We move on to some Ultimate Warrior hype, um, and they're really putting the sell on him being back here. So obviously they've got big plans for him, and I'm pretty certain it's going to pan out, and he's going to really move numbers for the company. We then go to our next matchup, which is the Body Donners defending their tag team titles up against Barry Horowitz and Aldo Montoya. And if you thought this match could be the question or answer, however it works, to Jeopardy, is as in what is a match that nobody ever wanted to see in their lives, then yeah, you're pretty well correct. And to add fuel to that fire, it's non-title anyway, so it's a complete waste of time. Barry Horowitz in Aldo Montoya, Jesus, it's not exactly a dream team, is it? We get a clip of the body donors taking the belts when Sonny showed a little bit of her backside to the Godwins and distracted Phineas. She gets on the mic during an entrance, um, but it's really, really bad production because we can't hear her. At the start, Lawler and Vince McMahon are talking over her, but then even when they stop, the microphone's just not wired properly or something, and it's just the volume's not right. Skip starts a match with Aldo Montoya. They exchange some slaps before Aldo comes back with a crossbody, a headlock takedown, and then Zip comes in, and Aldo goes onto both the heels to zero heat from the crowd. Horowitz comes in, and... He gets the best of Zip for a little while. Um, Aldo comes in and Skip comes back in. We get a double flapjack, a suplex. Aldo suplexes um, Zip to the floor and then dives off the top rope in a decent little spot. Barry Horowitz comes in with a high knee. Aldo hits a top rope crossbody for a two count. Skip hits a German suplex for a two count. We get a top rope runner followed by a, like a sort of a whoopee cushion move off the top rope a la Doink for the double team finisher of the Body Donners who pick up the 1-2-3 in their first title defense on Raw. We get some more WrestleMania hype. We see Backlund in the crowd supposedly campaigning and then we're told Michaels will be come out, coming out next as we go to a commercial break. When Vince comes back and introduces to Sean in the ring, he is in typical Vince cell mode for Sean, calling him the leader of the new generation. And Lawler on commentary tells us, uh, Lawler on commentary tells us on commentary, Lawler on commentary tells us he's got a big surprise in store for Sean Michaels next week. And Michaels thanks the click, aka his fans, not Kevin Nash, Scott Hall, etc., for lifting him up when he was down. Vince McMahon tells us that we will see Lawler versus Michaels next week. And then Diesel's coming after Michaels as well. Here they show a replay of that turn in MSG. I think it was at a house show where Diesel laid out Sean with a chair after doing so to The Undertaker. Um, Michaels calls Bret Hart a champ and promises to treat the belt with the same dignity and class as Bret Hart. So another one, we'll see how that works out. And we are told by Sean that he and Diesel make good friends but better enemies. So yes, Carl and I definitely have a treat coming up in our very near future. We then have Doc Hendricks shilling a WrestleMania 12 plaque. They've knocked the dummy one up with an old photo of Shawn Michaels, but we're told it will have a new one of him celebrating, plus a piece of the ring canvas, and it is limited edition. So folks, snap this one right up. Or as Bruce Pritchard would say, I guess, do do do. I can't do that any favours, so I probably will never do that again. Moving right along, we go to our main event, and it is Justin Hawk Bradshaw looking an awful lot like Cassius Ono with his blonde hair and a similar sort of stature taking on The Undertaker. So this was one I was looking forward to. 
Justin Hawk Bradshaw, or I'll call him Bradshaw from here on out, gets a jump early. Um, he goes in with a slam, a clothesline, big clothesline, a la la clothesline from hell, and an elbow drop before we go to a commercial break. We come back to the Milton Bradley Karate Fighters Slam of the Week, and it's Goldust hitting Roddy Piper with a car, so that was fairly decent, wasn't it? We get a side slam from Bradshaw for a two, and a shop, a shop, a top rope shoulder block. I'm combining every second word here tonight. This is terrible. For a two count, he tries again, but The Undertaker catches him with a power slam off the ropes this time. Lawler and Vince really sell how The Undertaker is hurt and beating, uh, beaten from his match with Diesel at WrestleMania, as Bradshaw hits a big boot. Undertaker hits a choke slam and then a tombstone, but before he can get the one, two, three, Mankind comes in and attacks and sets up one of my favourite feuds of all time. He gets the beating Undertaker for a while, sending him to the outside, then throwing him to the steel steps, Undertaker taking that great knee first bump over the top of them. And then Mankind gets up on the apron with Taker laid out in the aisle and delivers a running elbow drop off the apron to the aisle with just picture-perfect camera work, looking up at Mankind from in the aisle and just sees him flying off the apron. It made him look superhuman. Really, really good stuff. He then puts on the mandible claw and some... Officials from the WF drag him off eventually, but he comes back and beats on Taker just a little bit more before they finally get Mankind off him. We go to a commercial break, and we come back and we see replays of the beatdown before ending the show. A little bit of a flat way to end it, going back to what we just saw moments ago, but this angle was definitely heavy and well worth having a look at, so I can't hate on them too much for that. That'll end draw, so there's only one thing left to do, and that's pick ourselves a winner. We'll start off with production because that's where I ended up with Raw finishing and each show had a couple of blunders on it, particularly around sound and camera work, but Raw fought its way back with an awesome ending with that camera shot of Mankind flying off the apron and to be honest I think that was the best piece of production on either show so Raw's going to take the duke in that category there for me. Crowd heat was a funny one because whilst I think the lack of crowd heat on Raw was due to a lot of new characters and new angles being built, it did hurt the show a little bit. So I'm going to go with WCW simply because they've mostly stacked up with main eventers and they got the crowd invested in most of their shows. So one apiece so far as far as I can see it. Storylines, however, definitely go to the WWF. As I said, they lacked some crowd heat to really get some stuff going. We got Triple H and Miro. Their story got off the ground. Mankind and The Undertaker is an awesome story that started out really well. Um, those two things alone are enough for them to take it. WCW did advance some storylines, particularly Sting and Jimmy Hart and Lex Luger and all that nonsense, but the poor way they carry on this Hogan Booty Man alliance are just... It might be advancing, but it's terrible, so I'm definitely going to go with Raw for storyline advancement. Characters, however, go back to Nitro, because as I said, they got all their main eventers on the show, whereas Raw had no Diesel, had no Bret Hart, um, no Piper, no Goldust to follow up on theirs from la their angle from last night, so I'm definitely going to go with Nitro on this one. They started out with Sting and the Giant before the credits. That's pretty decent. They had Hogan in the middle, um, and they also had LOD, Steiner Brothers, you know, so they, they got big names under this show right the way through before finishing with Flair and Luger. So you can't really argue that lineup, I don't think. That means it's two apiece going into the big tiebreaker, and that one is match quality. And I've got to really give it to WCW on this show, on this night, these two shows. 
Flair and Luger wasn't spectacular, but it's Flair and Luger. It was always going to be good. That three-way tag match went a little bit long, but it was hard-hitting. Had tons of good moves and a good ending. So I've got to really go with WCW. WWF, Mankind and Holly was nothing. Yankum and Miro is not my cup of tea. The tag match was a waste of time. And Taker and Bradshaw was actually going pretty well, albeit short before Mankind came out and interrupted it. So... Nitro takes the narrow victory as far as I'm concerned. Raw took the narrow victory as far as the ratings were concerned. Where you stand on this will depend on which show you enjoyed more. So if you do watch them both and want to let me know, feel free to do so. Other than that, that's going to wrap me up for today. So thanks all for checking back in. The actual number of downloads on the show has been phenomenal recently as we head towards 7,000 plays in total, which is really, really cool. Um, I'm a little bit... I'm also noticing my um, Twitter follow count is going up and up and up every day, so that's really cool as well. But the interaction with some of you guys hasn't come as much lately, so I'm not the biggest Twitter user. I don't tweet every day, but please, if you ever do want to chat about any of the shows or any wrestling in general, I will always reply. If you don't want to get involved in a chat for no reason and you want to help out the show, please leave us a five-star review on iTunes and go and follow all the guys that have been on the show so far as you listen through the back catalogue. Thank you all again for listening, and I will be in touch with you all again very, very soon. Do I blame it on 
society with all this black white stuff man this is real tough every time they held me down i got Rough, you gotta get tough from Daddy Boot Knock, baby.